Yo, what is going on, my people of Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another Ridge Runners live show. Tonight we have on Brandon Thrower. He's a race director at Tanawa Adventures in North Carolina, and we talk about all of his races, the North Carolina trail scene, and if you're looking for a new race to run, he's got seven premier races down here that you guys must check out. We dive into some of those, including the Table Rock Ultra, which is set to take place this weekend. Let's get right into it. Yo, what is Crackalack and Ridge Runner Nation? Happy Tuesday. We are super excited for tonight's Ridge Runners live show. Our guest tonight hails from the Tar Heel State, and he is deeply connected to the trail scene in North Carolina. He created Tanawa Adventures back in 2016, and they now have seven premier races in the region. One of, the ra- one of those races is the Table Rock Ultras, and that's set to take place this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Brandon Thrower, how's it going? All right. How are you doing, Wesley? I'm doing well. For those of you don't, that don't know, my name is Wesley Harton, and holding down the fort with me that's running very late tonight is JD3. John Delvaki III will be joining us. Brandon came very prepared for our traditional first question. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking Marzen from Fauna Floor Brewery, a uh, local brewery here in town in Morganton, uh, also my favorite brewery, and uh, Good Buds, so... This is great. This is like a Oktoberfest for those of you who are uh, into that. It's very tasty. I really need to up my game this week. I'm just drinking a traditional Miller Lite just from the <laughs> Panther Sunday though this past weekend. So it's fun to fun to watch some football. Uh, as always, you can find the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Ridge Runners have a Strava club in the handles, just Ridge Runners on all platforms. Uh, I want to start off, Brandon, by just getting to know you a little bit better. Um, talk about how you found the trail running and what your how you kind of got into the scene. Uh, just trail running scene uh yeah so um i started uh running back in like 2008 or so some somewhere around that time frame uh i got dumped and i was i was out of shape so i was like i gotta get back in shape find a new lady did end up finding a new lady who ended up being my wife so that was good um (laughs) but uh i uh Yes, yeah, so I started running then, and I really hated running the roads. Um, and that's when a friend of mine, did, you know, suggested that trail trail running. So, did that, um, uh, and it was awesome. And uh, I loved every bit of it. And I was like, this is exactly what I was looking for. I was really into hiking at the time, and just never thought about uh, running on a trail. And so started doing that and then I went to school at uh, Appalachian State in Boone and that's really when I started getting involved in the trail running scene in uh, western North Carolina and I uh, met up with some some guys out of Asheville um, uh, they're infamous around here uh, uh, one of them's uh, Adam Hill and he's the creator of Pitchell if anybody's heard of that it's, it's kind of a it's kind of an underground thing, but it's kind of well-known as well uh, in, in these parts. Uh, and then uh, Matt Kirk was another one of the guys who was uh, kind of like a fast pack guy. And uh, uh, he actually held the unsupported record on the AT for a few years uh, before Anish, I think, grabbed it. Um, but both of those dudes were awesome, and they were putting on uh, fat-ass runs in Western North Carolina. And so I got involved and they convinced me to put on a fat ass run up in Boone. And I decided to put one on the Tonawa trail. And, uh, that's kind of my first race, uh, directing experience, which obviously that's not nothing crazy. It was 10 or 12 people, uh, just joining on a, a long run on grandfather mountain on the Tonawa trail. But, that's kind of where it all started and kind of snowballed from there. And next thing I know, I'm actually race directing actual real races. And, uh, you know, Tonawad Adventures was born, basically. 
I feel like it's gotta be pretty stressful that first time when you're just getting a couple of bodies together and doing your first like race director experience. And, uh, it could be like almost more stressful than probably your races now possibly. Right. <laughs> I mean, not, not really. Um, it was, there's everybody who showed up, you know, are friends for more or less, you, you more or less know who they were. So that was good. The only thing that was a little issue was the first year that we did to the race, a blizzard hit on the weekend that we did. So, or the fat ass, um, which was pretty cool. Um, I think there's a video floating around there on YouTube. If people want to find it, um, back in my very early days of, uh, making videos, um, pretty terrible, but it was awesome at the same time, but we were running through like foot of snow, um, <laughs> up grandfather mountain, which we, we had to cut it short, but you know, weather has always been something that follows me around it. Anybody who runs my races will know that you'll never know what the weather's going to, uh, going to give you. So sometimes it's great. Usually it's not. <laughs> Well, that's going to kind of be in uh, in theme for this weekend's race, possibly. So uh, we'll get to that in a little bit with the Table Rock Ultras. But I want to talk about how you got into race directing. I feel like that's kind of an interesting story. Um, talk about that. Yeah, so um, being involved in that, that fat-ass community, um, one of the race local race directors here uh, in Western North Carolina uh, was a part of that community as well. And he had started Table Rock Ultras back in 2010 or 2011. And the course used to be this, uh, it was a 50 mile and a 50K route that were all gravel, um, which ran around the, the rim of Limble Gorge, basically. It was like a 50 mile loop, 54 mile loop, which is awesome. There's a, there's a bike race on that same course, which is, it's really gorgeous, but it's all gravel. So I had kind of gotten the affinity or of, uh, or uh, not affinity. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'd kind of gotten the reputation of, um, creating different routes. And I was putting on a bunch of different fat asses in different locations. Um, you know, trying to create routes that went to the most beautiful places that we could go. Um, not really caring how steep or technical or difficult it was. We just wanted to get to awesome places uh, in the mountains. So he asked me to, um, to design him a course that still would go to Table Rock um, that would utilize more trail. So I designed a course for him uh, back in 2013. We sat down, looked at it, and he was like, this looks great. Let's... Um, let's do it. And how, how about you become my co-race director? And I thought about it and I was like, okay, yeah, why not? You know, I, yeah, I did all this work creating this route. So might as well, you know, be a part of it, uh, in that way. So I jumped in and started race directing in 2014 for table rock as a co-race director with, uh, Mark Rosson who's the, the race director who's still involved now, uh, just in a limited form. Uh, so 2014 and 15 and 16 um, was, I was just co-race directing. And at the end of 2016, uh, Mark said he wanted to get out of the race directing game and said, do you want to take over it? And I was like, yeah, I don't want it to die. And right around that time, I was starting to put on uh, another race in nearby uh, called the South Mountains Marathons, which is 20 minutes from my home in uh, Morganton, just like Table Rock, but on the opposite end. And I put on that race to to really show people this, the South Mountains. It's just this awesome park. It's, really, it's pretty much the closest mountains you can get to from Charlotte. Um, so it really uh, caters to that crowd as well. And uh, so anyway, I started doing that and I went and did that on my own. So he was like, well, just take it over. And um, so I had South Mountains and Table Rock under my belt at that point. And then I was like, well, there's this other awesome state park right in my backyard. 
I'll do a race there. And that became the Fauna Flora um, 50K and half marathon. Uh, so I put that one on. And then uh, I'd created a pretty good relationship with the state parks by putting on these two races and with the Forest Service by putting this other race on. So on a whim, I was like, well, let's put a race on Grandfather Mountain, the actual namesake of Tanawa Adventures. So I reached out to them and they were like, yeah, let's do it. So put on Grand Further. So those were the first four. And then um, we added Seven Sisters and Looking Glass in 2018. Uh, and we've been involved with um, Hellbender 100 since its inception. Um, I'm not the race director. I don't own that race, but we are heavily involved with that race. Um, I did create the course for the race um, and then kind of been in a consultant slash supportive role since then, because that's a lot of work <laughs> to put on that race. That's, that's more than a one man uh, job for sure. Yeah, definitely. Especially that race is super difficult. I know a couple of people at in regeneration have run that race and it's taken them a very long time. Uh, so I guess they have you to thank for that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, when I create a course, I just wanted to go to the the best places possible and and have the best views. And I also want to try to limit as much as I can. I want to try to limit, um, you know, out and backs. And uh, I know some of my races do have some of that, but out of necessity. But I didn't want to put an out back in a race just for just to get the distance more or less. I really wanted, if it was an out and back is because it's going to go somewhere that's cool and that is worth going to. So, um, you know, I try to make sure most of my courses have some type of loop in them or, um, you know, they're, they're going to these, these awesome places that are worth going to on your own without even having a race. I mean, that's that's the mystique of Table Rock. Table Rock's one of the most beautiful mountain peaks in North Carolina. You know, it's unique. It's it's got 360 degree views from the summit. Um, it's just special. So that's why we wanted to put a race on there, and we want to make sure that we took people through all the the other areas around there that are that are cool down in the drainage uh, of that mountain. And then with Grandfather, I mean that's the most iconic mountain. In, the Blue Ridge outside of maybe Mount Mitchell. And so, you know, we want to make sure we take people over the summit of that. So, um, you know, that's, that's really kind of the, the whole point of our races is just to make sure we're taking people to beautiful places. And, and also through that, we're also able to give back. Um, you know, we, we've been working really closely with the state parks and, and local um, conservancies and trail organizations to make sure we support the places that we that we go. So all of our races uh, give a portion of our proceeds and profits to those um, those nonprofits who work in those regions to <clears throat> to help support the trails, maintain the trails, buy new land to expand the opportunity recreational opportunities in the area. And so we're glad to be a part of that. And you know this is a way that we're able to do it. So it's twofold. Yeah, <laughs> that's super awesome to hear, man. Do you guys care about like the vert stats or anything like that? Like when you put a course on, do you or do you ever like look after you create the course? Maybe okay, I want to climb to this peak or whatnot. Do you ever be like, okay, well, I'd really love it to have another say thousand foot climb in it or whatnot, or does it just kind of come naturally to you guys? Not, not really. Like, like I care about the vert, but not for the sake of vert. Um, so. You know, I could have made Grand Further, you know, way harder than it actually is, even though it's already ridiculously hard um, by adding, you know, an extra out and back up to to a summit um, and making it a longer race. Um, with, with Hellbender, um, I wanted to definitely get the vert when I was designing that course. The, the, my whole purpose when I was designing Hellbender was to make it the hard rock of the East. That was my goal. So I, for those people who are watching, you don't agree with 
Hellbender being the hard rock of these, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that it is. I think it is very difficult. But, you know, what's great about hard rock is besides the game is, you know, if you've ever been out there, is that chorus is absolutely stunning. Um, it's the most beautiful place in the world, I think. I, I love the San Juans and the course is a loop. There's no pointless out and backs just to get vert. It's just like, we're going to do this loop. And the byproduct of that loop is, you know, 30,000 plus feet of gain. So when we came up with, with Hellbender, I wanted to try to get close to 30,000 feet of gain, but without um, making the course just do out and backs of the steepest thing that we possibly could. Uh, because then it just became, it would become just like a, a, uh, just a war of attrition or like a mascus, you know, thing like, well, I've, I climbed all this 30,000 feet of gain in this race. And honestly, I don't give a crap about that. You know, I just want to take you to the awesome places in the Black Mountains. And that was the way the course was laid out it's like well let's go up to this peak because this peak is awesome and let's find a way to loop around and make sure we're not repeating too much of ourselves and getting people up to these amazing places and getting up to the black mountain crest and getting these amazing views and in the process just that area being so rugged and steep that that it is that the game kind of was there and I missed the mark on the 30,000 feet. I missed it by, I think, 5,000 feet. I think it's around 25, 26,000 feet of gain for that course. Um, but it's still gnarly. <laughs> so, um, and I think the course record is way slower than Hard Rock's course record at that. So, granted, Hard Rock's had some really big studs come through there, but uh, which hellbender has not had a ton of yet we have had carl Meltzer run it um and i think he did like 29 hours on the course but um yeah so vert is a part of just running in the mountains and you know we're not trying to to make it just hard for the sake of being hard we just want it to like i said we just want to take it to cool places and a lot of times you got to go over hard terrain to get there Definitely. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm not a racetrack. I just make people do hill repeats all, all day long at pointless peaks and that's people would not like that. So I'll just stick to what I do now, I guess. Uh, now I love that, uh, hard rock of the East. If that's not printed on a t-shirt for you guys yet, you guys need to get that going. Cause I feel like that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, t-shirt yeah, concept. I mean, you know, it's hard to, to make a claim like that. I, whatever I do as a race director, I, I don't want to be the, the, overtly brash person and claim to be the best at everything. I just want to do the best at what I can do and create the best courses I think that I can make and, and just share that with the community. And if people like it, they like it. And, you know, if they don't, they don't, but I'm pretty sure people are going to like it because I like it. And what I like, I think is pretty good. <laughs> so there's a little air of cockiness there, I guess, but. Try not. Well, <laughs> well, hopefully someone watching this or one of the Hellbender runners can at least make that shirt and bring it to the starting line this year because that'd be kind of fun to see at the starting line. Uh, I want to talk about Table Rock Altars this weekend. Obviously, um, this race is one of the biggest races participants-wise on the East Coast and in the Southeast. Um, what are you expecting this year? What's the course like? And just talk to people about the race that may not know a ton about the race. Yeah, so Table Rock is... Um, it's, just, it's an awesome race. It's actually fairly beginner-friendly. It, it's not beginner-friendly as in the, the realm of, like, going out and doing a loop 50K, you know, like a th on a three-mile loop on a flat something. It's, it's not that. But it's, it's friendly in the fact that it has a variety of terrain um, throughout its course, and it's, like, it's a good like first like backcountry um, 50k for for someone to go out and do. Um, 
we we make sure the course is really marked well uh you know we usually have flags every quarter to half mile and turns are marked with signs and lots of flagging and the aid stations are spaced out you know, approximately four to six miles apart so there's plenty of aid on the course and it's well marked course and it's well supported so that's kind of what makes it easy um and then two the variety of the terrain is uh, is another thing so you have a mix of gravel road, a mix of double track trail and a mix of single track trail. And those, those trails run the gamut of being like soft and buffed out trails to like the gnarliest technical trail you've ever done um, to, you, you know, like these grassy double track roads um, that, that a race starts and finishes on that just kind of roll and meander to some gravel stuff where you can just straight up fly on uh, and make up a ton of time. So it's really got a, a good variety of terrain. And um, I think that's what makes it special and what make uh, what brings people back to, to run it. Because, you know, if, like one of my favorite races is 100% trail, but it's in the Black Mountains. It's about 50K and it's it's so hard because you're constantly in this mindset of like don't trip don't trip because the, the terrain's so technical the entire time and you just get beat up uh, whereas this race like gives you the opportunity to open up you know on those gravel sections and make up some time and then um when you do hit the single track trails like three miles of that single track is like just butter awesome and uh just soft like pine needle bed running through roto tunnels it's it's really pretty and then the obviously the namesake of table rock is where all the really hard part of the course comes uh through and that is like a mile and a half climb um from the gravel road up it's all single track and it's really technical and it's really steep i think it gains and that mile and a half, I think it gains about 1,500 feet, uh, maybe a little bit less, maybe like 1,300 feet in that in that mile and a half. So it's it's steep, and that's where it really hurts. Um, and uh, but the payoff of that climb is that amazing view from Table Rock, and you're looking, uh, you're you're at the top of the Limble Gorge. If people aren't familiar with Limble Gorge, it's uh, the deepest canyon on the east coast um it's about 2200 feet deep from the top to the bottom of the river um and it's it's awesome it's it's huge it's 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 pretty it's pretty wild it, it's what really made me fall in love with this area is that uh is that limble gorge being like 30 minutes from my, my front door so um, so you get to see that and that's like one of the best spots. And then you've also got, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's some really cool trail, um, down in the, the drainages off that mountain and you have all these like cascading waterfalls and you've got like six Creek crossings to go through that you have to get your feet wet. Um, like there's no rock hopping across these Creek crossings. Uh, they're, you know, shin to knee knee deep uh, almost every one of them and so it's just it's a really wild experience but it also like i said it allows you to open things up a little bit as well are there any changes to the course this year how's the course looking i saw you were out there yesterday doing some maintenance on it and how's it coming along yeah so um the course the only changes that we made to the course this year was we're running the course technically in reverse of what we typically do. Um, the reason being is since COVID has happened, um, our our popular spots in the in the east uh, or in our mountains, not in the east, but in uh, Western North Carolina, uh, have really gotten overcrowded uh, from the public, and which is understandable. You can't do anything else but go outside these days. Um, and I'm glad people are finding a way to, to get out, but to, to try to limit that public interaction and, um, race interaction at, at the summit of Table Rock, which is a very popular day hiking spot. Um, 
we decided to to reverse the loop and make that the the summit come sooner in the race. Usually it comes up like mile 19 historically this year it's going to be like mile 12 or mile 11 um somewhere in there. So that allows our runners to kind of tag the summit sooner. Um and hopefully the crowds, the day hiking crowd hasn't reached that spot um before they they clear it. Um so that that's the hope. And that's the reason we reverse the course. Um for the 30k distance nothing's changed um that's just going to be the same uh as as it's always been um that lower section of the course doesn't get a ton of use where we were doing trail work on um if you go in there like you've got to be prepared to do like you know seven or eight miles total um so it really keeps the day hiker crowd um kind of away from that um so Whereas at Table Rock, you can drive up to, there's a parking lot about a mile from the summit. So you can just do like a two mile out and back if you wanted to. Um, so that's a little bit more popular spot. So, And then we're doing staggered start times um, as well to space everybody out and keep uh, people uh, under the, the state and CDC guidelines, which state uh, 50 people or less for a gathering outside. So we're going to be starting about 20 to 25 people per wave. So we're going to be well underneath that. Uh, we're going to be doing 10 minute waves. So every 10 minutes we'll have uh, 20 to 25 people taken off. And uh, so that'll allow things to stay spread. It should keep eight stations from getting bogged down with a bunch of people at once as well. So uh, we should be able to to stay well under the 50 person threshold throughout the week. So those are the two major changes. Um, uh, but outside of that, it's same old, same old. Is there going to be like chip timing or do you anticipate a close finish? Maybe someone in the second wave kind of coming in uh, maybe eight minutes uh, behind the someone in the first wave and stealing the win there at the end? <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're not going to be doing the finisher awards the day of. So we're going to be mailing out the finisher awards because of that um uh situation because i know some people you know people the top runner in the first wave might you know finish you know in four and a half hours and so he's done at 12 30 or uh, 11 30 and then a guy in the last wave who's never ran an ultra before but his ultra sign up ranking so low that he's you know because he's never ran before he could be an elite you know we don't know uh, that's just the way the ultra sign up uh, ranking system goes and that's how we're basing the waves um but he could come out and you know and run four hours but he started at 8 30 and you know maybe that guy that you know ran uh finished at 11 30 you know he's hungry he wants to get some lunch so he left you know <laughs> so um so yeah so we're we're gonna be mailing out the uh, overall finisher award uh not overall awards finish awards you'll get as you as you cross but um so we'll be doing that and uh we've got our system we don't have technically we don't have like a chip time system but we do have a system set up to um to ensure we're making note of what bib numbers are starting at what time and so when they finish we can adjust that at time uh, when we upload results and we're also allowing people to do the it's the other thing that we're doing after i guess forgot to mention but we are allowing people to do the race virtually um on their own within a month of the race ending and by virtually we don't mean you can go run out your street for 50k you actually have to come to the course and run the course on your own and then submit your time so we're also allowing that uh as well and in case anybody who signed up and doesn't feel comfortable being around even smaller crowds uh, that still allows them to participate in the event, get the swag and, uh, you know, go out and have a good day on, in the mountains. Yeah, I, I kind of love that aspect of it. I mean, you kind of get to go out there and maybe experience it by yourself and really not have to, I mean, if cannot just go run a 50 K out your front door and super flat and really not the table rock experience that you would yeah. get. So I kind of like keeping with that spirit of the race that you guys kind of developed down, down there. So that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, do you think the times will be faster this year based on the big climb coming earlier in the race? Or do you think they'll actually slow people down because they'll be tired okay. later? Yeah, that is, that's a, 
I've been thinking about that myself because of the climb coming so soon or the big climb coming so soon. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Plus the temps this weekend are supposed to be like the coolest temperatures we've had in four or five years, uh, which is awesome. I think that the high is supposed to be like 70. Um, the past three years, the high has been like 88. So <laughs> um, this is going to be great. So, I mean, it, I don't know. We could we could see a course record, you know, time. I think our course record right now is like four eighteen, which is unbelievably fast on that course. And you know, the course has about six thousand feet of gain, um, and the trails, you know, are technical. Like I said, you can't open it up on the gravel sections and double track sections, but um, so we'll see. I mean, I w I wouldn't be surprised to see the course. Um, run faster this weekend with the combination of the reverse direction and the weather. I think the weather might be a bigger issue um, than even the, the course direction being changed. But yeah, it looks like, sure. yeah, it looks like Derek Gibson uh, ran that 418 last year at the race. So uh, probably the course record there, but yeah, I'm just getting tips for myself. I'm just trying to see if poking <laughs> and prod and maybe just get all the information I can to see if I can make a business decision this weekend to see if I make my way down there. Yeah, well, I mean, so in the past, like the top of Table Rock was like mile 19. And basically the course just kind of gradually climbed to that point until that last, like, you know, obviously 1500 feet. But most of the gain was all in that first, like, you know, 16 miles to that point. And then after you hit the summit, I think, you know, from the summit back to the, the finish, which is 12 miles, um, there might have been... 1200 feet of gain in those last 10 miles so you could really crank it um so now it's going to be interesting because most of all of the gain is going to be in the first 12 miles instead of the last but i think there will be a little bit more gain gain in the last 18 it'll probably because that gravel road does have a little ups and downs in it um so you know, it might be like 4,000 feet of gain in the first 12 and then 2,000 in the last uh, 18. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, the, the, the good thing about hitting the summit sooner is that, you know, you're fresher. But because it comes sooner, did you go all out instead of, you know, trying to like oh i've got you know playing the long game that like oh i know it's very far you know summit's 19 miles away instead of 12 miles away i better hold something back for the end you know where you're just gonna be like well, let's tag that summit as quickly as possible and then just rip it you know back so i don't know we'll we'll see we'll see yeah, no, that'll be super awesome. Obviously, the t the top of Table Rock is obviously like the, the most iconic point on the course, but what's one of the most underrated aspects of the course that maybe runners should really look forward to this weekend? <laughs> um, for those who have ran it in the past, they will chuckle at this, but what they should really look forward to is that last half mile in the field. Um But this year won't be as bad because usually that last half mile in the field is like, like I said, like 90 degrees. <laughs> it's a big field. And that's really not the secret spot. It's, I think people who have ran it before will find that pretty funny. But the, probably the most underrated spot is um, the, uh, the the section of Steel Creek Trail that runs up. And this is pretty much the, the 30K course. Um, uh you run up while well, this year you'll be running down, but you're running down this beautiful Creek drainage that has all these cascading waterfalls. And that's where all the Creek crossings are too, or you have like, um, you know, I think there's six Creek crossings in the 50 K coming down from that way. Uh, in the 30 K you get to hit them twice because it's out about course. Um, but the Creek crossings are awesome. The waterfalls are, are stunning. Uh, it's just a very beautiful, like mini gorge in there. Um, and I think the Creek drops from that section, the Creek drops like maybe 1500 feet in three miles, which is like, you know, it's a, that's a lot of 
water coming down a lot of steepness, you know. Um, so it's just really pretty. Um, there's some scrambly sections in there, some, you know, some boulder hopping and uh, like one of the major creek crossings uh, right there before you, you've, I think it's about mile seven, you just come off a gravel road and you have to cross the creek to get onto the Mount Sea Trail. And uh, you have to cross basically right under a small waterfall, about 10 foot waterfall. Um, so it's, it's really cool that you're like, you know, you're right there. And what's a, another great spot or another reason that spot's so great is that there's a huge swimming hole at the base of that waterfall that's probably about six or seven, or it's probably like seven or eight feet deep. So like in the past when it was hot as hell, um, you know, people could just jump right into it and just swim across, you know, I mean, and the water wasn't moving fast in there, but, you know, it's just a big old pool. So it's just an easy way to cool off uh, during the race, but might be a little bit chillier this year. You know, maybe people might not be taking the dip uh, as much. Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. That's especially like for me, like potentially gonna you know, possibly hop in this thing last minute. I always need all the little tips and advantages uh, I can get with this uh, with this race. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is everyone that I've talked to says that your races are the best in North Carolina. Really strong reviews and just people rave about your races. And you've only you've been in the game for relatively not a long time. Obviously, you said you started Tanawa Adventures in 2016. But what is how is the trails? seen in North Carolina changed in your time since taking as becoming a race director and how do you think you've helped move that forward? Well, I think the scene was the, the, this trail running scene itself, the bed was already laid, um, well before me. And, um, there, you know, people were out doing adventures, um, doing, you know, things like Pitchell long before I came around, um, you know, the shut-in ridge trail race in Asheville has been going on for 40-plus years. Um, so the scene has been there, but it hadn't really expanded much in the racing scene um, until I came on board. And it, it feels like in the last five years um, since, you know, we started expanding our race series Some more races have came in to, to North Carolina during that time as well. Some other race directors, uh, maybe not necessarily right in where my home base area, which like my home base is basically the foothills of, um, uh, the Blue Ridge mountains. So pretty much anything from Boone down to Asheville is kind of where I, I work. So mostly in like the grandfather district of uh, the Pisgah National Forest um, outside of Looking Glass, which it does take place in Brevard. But um, there was, you know, no races in that in that area. Um, and outside of Shut In and the Mount Mitchell 40, that was about the only race that um, those were like the only two races in Western North Carolina. I think Solly Frostyfoot had been around for a while, which is uh, further west, um, close to Bryson City. Um, but, like, really, those were, like, the three main races in western North Carolina, and that was about it. And then, you know, so when we came in, we basically brought in, you know, six, seven new races in the past five years. Uh, I think that's really helped the scene grow. Um, I can't take all the credit for that as well. Some other races that came along that are that are awesome uh, in their own right in the region um, that have done pretty, you know, done pretty well. But I think the scene in in North Carolina as a whole has been really strong um, for a long time. You've got like the Uari Mountain race down uh, and uh, like the Asheboro somewhere at yeah, Asheville area, I guess, for people who know that. That's where actually where I'm from. Um, that's been going on since the early 90s. And uh, obviously, Umstead and Raleigh has been, uh, the Umstead 100 has been going on for a long time. And that, that running scene in Raleigh um, 
has really supported a lot of what I do here in North Carolina too. I mean, I get a ton of runners from Raleigh. I get a ton of runners from Charlotte and I get a ton of runners from, um, from Asheville. So I, I kind of get the whole state kind of comes West for, for our races. But so I know a lot of those guys in those scenes um, in the Raleigh scene and Charlotte scene and, and there's awesome stuff down there. And, uh, you know, that I grew up in the Piedmont. So I, I remember running a lot of the trails that are in that area. So, you know, I just wanted to bring some of that trail racing that was kind of happening in the Piedmont and some of the smaller parks and kind of bring it into, you know, our bigger mountains in Western North Carolina. So I think, I think the scene has definitely grown. I definitely cannot take credit for it though. Um, uh, I've just provided some races and that's about it. Outside of that, you know, you know, the, the trail running scene is really about building connections with, with others and going on long training runs with people and, and bringing new people into the, into the fold. And uh, a race is just a goal at the end of that. You know, you know, I think, you know, I find the most joy in just going out, and running in the woods uh, without a race bib, just getting a couple friends, going out for a few hours, um, drinking a couple beers afterwards. That, I mean, that's the North Carolina trail running scene in my mind. Yeah, Eric Anderson is in the chat, and he's a North Carolina runner, and he says he loves your shirt. Uh, Eric's ran that race, I think, like half a dozen times or more at this point. So uh, he's yeah, done the URI Mountain one. The URI was my first ultra, so... Um, I've done the 43 times. Um, that's enough, <laughs> but, uh, I did the 20 this year actually, um, for the first time, but I mean, I love that area. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's not where I started trail running, but, um, uh, I did definitely do some, some trail runs in there when I first started, uh, running trails. Cause obviously I live close by, but, um, it's just a, it's a really unique area for, you know, the Piedmont, because uh, you have these big, you know, big hills uh, where you can get like 400, 500 feet of gain in a mile in uh, those those short, steep climbs out there. And so it's really a, a cool little oasis. I wish it had some more views, um, but, you know, outside of that, it's, it's still an awesome trail. And uh, I enjoy when I'm when I visit family, I enjoy going down there and uh running a few times but i usually find myself hitting up like the pilot mountain and hanging rock area though and the piedmont that those two places are awesome um i think there's a there's a 50 mile and a 50k race that goes on out there for, between the two parks i think with i think it's called pilot mountain and hanging rock actually um and i think that takes place in october so but I think that's a pretty good race from what I've heard. Um, I haven't done it personally, but I know I'm familiar with the area. So if you're looking for a cool race, um, check it out. I might have to. I might have to. Yeah, I see. Obviously, you're not going to take all the credit for the North Carolina trail scene growing. But what has been the most rewarding part for you to kind of see it blossom? Um, I mean, like I said, I think the most rewarding part is just seeing uh, the new people coming in you know, into into the scene, and you know I've I've had the the good fortune of of meeting a bunch of people who just started you know trail running not too long ago, and you know a lot of times our races are their first races, and um, or if it's if it's not their first race, it's their first like real mountain race. Um, you know they they've probably done a race and. Then, uh, you know, the local park, but they've never done something like in the backcountry. And so that's kind of what we provide is that backcountry experience uh, with our events. And uh, so I think seeing those people come in and being like, that was awesome. And I can't believe like there's trails like this and, you know, that gets them jazzed. And then they tell their friends and their friends start joining them. And then they, you know, end up uh, creating this, you know, the, this crew of people um, that are all kind of running together and they kind of create their own little micro communities in their, in their communities. Um, and it's just awesome to see. I mean, like I said, I've got, I've got friends all over the state um, who, you know, were running, you know, maybe 5k, 10ks 
a few years ago and now, you know, they've run a hundred mile race, you know, um, and they've got this, like, like I said, this tight knit group and I keep bringing people. What's great about the trail running scene is like people, you know, everybody's welcome, you know, new people are joining in all the time. And, you know, uh, if you're willing as a new person, if you're willing to suffer a little bit, then you get the, you know, you get the award. Uh, nobody's going to pat you on the back, you know, or, you know, help you get up the mountain anyway. But, you know, it's just once, once you experience running up to the top of a mountain, seeing the view and feeling the award of like accomplishing that, like that gets in your blood and you just want to keep doing it. That's awesome to hear, man. Especially like uh, Tanawa, Advent- Tanawa Adventures um, has a super strong knit community themselves with volunteers, with people that kind of help you out behind the scenes. Uh, talk about those people and kind of like how they help you uh, make the races as successful as they are. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've got a great crew uh, of, of of folks who help me out. Um, you know, I guess I'll sh- I'll call some of these people out. Um, I've got Greg Little. Um, he helps me race direct uh, the Fauna Flora race. He kind of co-RDs with me. Uh, that's what I usually do for every race. I usually try to to, to grab a friend to uh, really enjoy running with and who I know, um, you know, wants to see the race do as, be as successful as I do. And what's funny is like I asked them to co-race direct for these events, but they end up volunteering for every event, um, <laughs> which is just fine but yeah greg little he's helping out with table rock this year um and he helps out with fauna floor every year um uh my main volunteer extraordinaire a station captain of the year every year uh craig marshall he's uh he's a charlotte guy he's actually used to be the president of uh, rock hill striders which is a, a running group down in rock hill uh, he puts on a few races, but he's been volunteering for all of our races for, for years. Um, and so he's awesome. Uh, good buddy, Josh Follin, he lives in town. He's always willing to help. He's helped out every, almost every event we've done in the past three years. Uh, Jody Gibson, who helps me um, uh, put on South Mountains. And him and me decided to put on South Mountains together back in 2016. That's kind of when Tanawa kind of began. So he's been there uh, since the beginning. And then uh, uh, Johnny Zarbach, my, the uh, the little protege, uh, <laughs> I actually used to be his teacher uh, at one point. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of funny to see him, you know, teaching him in high school and now he's, you know, an adult. And, uh, but he's been helping out with our races for a while. He usually co-rds uh grand further with me and uh and then of course mark rosson who uh, who kind of started everything he's he's been helping with table rock um uh, every year uh even when he decided to not be the rd anymore he's been one of the you know the the big volunteers for for that race so um so yeah i mean those, those guys are are awesome. I, I feel like I'm missing someone. I think I, I wrote down. No, I didn't miss anyone. So, yeah, th- those guys are are awesome. Um, they're, you know, they're pretty much there every week. You know, I'm gonna miss. I'm missing two of them this week, uh, due to work reasons. But or this weekend. But I know they'll be back. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a very special team that you kind of assembled there. I want to talk about some of your other races uh, just real quick before we hit the rapid questions. Uh, I want to talk about the Looking Glass 50. This race is a couple ones that a couple people have done, and I've just heard it's really hard. And uh, just talk about that race real quick for us. Yeah, um, I guess I'll make the official announcement. It is not happening this year, um, unfortunately, just due to, to COVID and everything. Um which is a bummer, but it will be back for 2021. So don't worry, it's coming back. Um, but yeah, so that area in Pisca um, around Brevard, which is very surprising. There's never been a, a trail running race in that area. 
there's been mountain bike races in that area. There's like four or five mountain bike races uh, in there every year for years. And I was just really surprised that there was no trail running races there. So I was like, all right, I got to come up with a course. And the most iconic trail, single trail in that area is the Art Loeb Trail. Uh, and it's usually people do that as a through run. Uh, it's like a 30 mile through run that goes up to these awesome uh, balls at 6,000 feet, which the race doesn't go to because permitting reasons you can't go over there. But uh, most of that trail, like the first like 18 miles of it sits on that, in that other side of the Blue Ridge Parkway. And, uh, and you do cross over like a 5,000 foot peak pilot mountain, which is an awesome 360 view um, peak as well. So anyway, I saw that there wasn't any races in the area and I really wanted to, or in that region. And I really wanted to highlight that region uh, in the trail race. So I came up with a course, made sure as much of it was on the art lobe as possible. And then uh, try to include the other awesome places around there, um, which were uh, uh, John Rock, and there's a bunch of waterfalls in that area uh, in Pisgah. Uh, you know, Brevard kind of calls themselves the land of waterfalls. So we try to take you past a few water waterfalls as well. And um, so, yeah, I just like, let's create a, some type of a loop course that will take you to all these cool spots and let's make it a 50 miler. And, you know, it ended up being hard. Like I said, when I make a course, I'm not really trying to make it hard or, or make it easy. Um, I'm just trying to take you to the coolest, coolest spots in the region or in the area. So, I mean, that's what happened. And, and, and the race ended up being like 11,000 feet of gain or something like that. And, um, or 10,000 feet of gain. I don't know that the mapping software fluctuates like, I've seen as little as 7,000 to as much as 11,000. I don't know which one's right, but um, most people will probably say the one that's higher because it's really <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really, it caught me off guard the first year that we did it because I honestly didn't think it was going to be that difficult. And I thought that like the, the winning times were going to be a little bit faster than they were. And then I realized like, that first year when people were like finishing like the top finisher, I think it was like close to nine hours. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this, <laughs> this looks a little bit harder uh, than, than anticipated. Um, so I did make a few course changes the second year to try to actually try to make it a little bit easier. Um, and just included some more double track instead of uh, some of the single track. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of got that whole, um, you know, vibe, kind of like a Table Rock vibe. Uh, Table Rock used to be a 50 miler as well. And it used to be hard as crap. It had 12,000 feet of gain. Um, and we wanted to continue that. The reason I still get people saying, bring back the 50 miler at Table Rock. And, and the reason is, is there's a major uh, highway crossing that you had to cross four times and it was just unsafe. Um, so, we almost had some people get hit by cars and I was like, all right, I'm not getting sued because someone died on the road. So we nixed that. Uh, so I was like, we got to have a 50 mile race. And that's kind of why looking glass came about. And, uh, but yeah, it's an awesome race. It's got great views. It's got great trails, techie trails. Um, it's, it still has that mix of like double track and gravel too. So where you can, it does have sections where you can open it up. And which I like to include in all my races, like, like I said, you know, all single track races are awesome, but they will beat you up, uh, you know, especially in the mountains and your times will be super slow. Um, we're also put that race on during a non busy time in that region that that region in Brevard is probably like the most popular um, spot in the Pisgah forest. It just gets slammed with people. So, we decided to put it in November when it's after leaf season. It's kind of in that shoulder season when there's not a ton of people in the area. So the only problem with that is our time of day is like 11 hours long. So that's the other thing that makes that race hard is um, 
it has a tight cutoff. Like we start at like 5 a.m. and you have to be done at like 7. So you have like a couple hours before sunrise and then a couple hours after sunset to finish your race. And and we do that for safety reasons um, uh, just because it is backcountry and, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure everybody gets out there out of there in a certain amount of time and it gets really cold. I mean, the first year we did it, it rained the entire time and it was like 40 degrees, uh, which is like the most absolute terrible weather that you can have. Like there's, there's that, you know, weather is like snow and 30 is great. In my opinion, 40 degrees and raining is the worst weather you can absolutely have. So, <laughs> um, and man, that weather happens a lot in November around here. So anyway, we try to keep the the course um, cutoffs tight on that, which makes it more difficult to uh, for a lot of people to finish. But um, you know, that's just a part of the challenge. You know, you got to make sure you're pushing yourself to to get there and get it done and get it done in time. Well, we definitely look forward to seeing that race return in 2021, uh, hopefully next year and have another successful year. Uh, let's hit the rapid fire question section of this real quick. Uh, super excited to hear your answer to our first question here. If ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball, what would yours be? Oh, geez. Uh, oh, man. I'll give you a second here. We have a Spotify playlist, so it's going on the Spotify playlist. So no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> um, I guess when my time comes by Dolls would be my my song, which I don't know why. That's just the one that's popped in my head. That's the first one that popped in my head. So it's kind of epic and, you know, it kind of, it's kind of like a song for me. I equate that song with traveling. It was the first time I saw heard that song. I was doing a cross country road trip. I was actually heading to Hard Rock um, to help pace a, a friend who was running the race. Um, so that song kind of just reminds me of like long distance. And, you know, I don't know, but check it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we'll definitely add that on there. And uh, people, not, people, definitely not something that a popular song or anything <laughs> that, that's exactly what we're looking for if, if anybody ex- knows like about my races too like the music that's getting played there you probably never heard it um i'm sorry but <laughs> a little bit a little bit of a music snob too so that doesn't doesn't help so i just like to play the stuff i'm the one standing around there most of the time so yeah. i'm like i'm gonna listen to stuff i want to listen to <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> uh a two-part question here what is your dream race and then what is one race that you think if you'd pick one race for people to maybe try that have never run a north carolina race one of yours which one would you pick for them uh so dream race for me which is weird because like I have no desire to do a hundred really. Um, I know that's crazy from an ultra running director, but I just don't really have a desire to do a hundred miles, but I guess my dream race would be hard rock um, just because that race and that region that the San Juan mountains are just special and uh, going out there a couple of times and pacing has just been an amazing experience, but um yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I'll ever get into the hundred mile game, but maybe we'll see. Uh, as far as my races, um, for people to to come out and do, in, in what in what regard, like the most epic, or like just getting into trail running? Uh, most epic. Most epic. That's tough because I, I I love them all. I think that every single one of them has a different um, aspect to it and they fit kind of what you're looking like that specific niche that you're looking for. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a two part answer if that's okay. Perfect. So if you're just getting into trail running and you want something to that's, that's beautiful, that's well supported and that's somewhat easy 
I would say do Final Floor 50K. Um, or, And the reason that being is because the trails are pretty buffed out. They're pretty smooth. Uh, least amount of elevation gain of being a race. I think the 50K is like 3,000 feet of gain. Um, so it's just, it's mostly rolling hills. There's not like a lot of steep up and down and it's beautiful. It's right on the edge of a Lake James. Um, it's got great views, fast trails, and then it ends at the best brewery in North Carolina, Fauna Flora. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a barn. The, the brewery's like in a barn, um, in the middle of nowhere and it's awesome. So, uh, if that's, if you're looking for a first good race, I would say that. Um, that race is coming up in October. The, there are spots going to be open in the 50K. The half marathon is sold out. So if you're trying to get in a half marathon, it's not going to happen this year. You have to wait till next year. Um, but there are spots open in the 50K. Um, most epic is probably the shortest race we put on. It's just Grand Further. Um, like I said, Grandfather is the most iconic peak in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I think most people have heard of Grandfather Mountain and uh, we take you up and over that twice. Um, and it is the most technical trail you will ever run on the East Coast, I'm pretty sure. Like it is straight gnar the entire time. There's no let up, even though it's only 14 miles. Like it's so funny to, this year we had to go virtual for it, but it's it's so funny to see people's times coming in and there's like people that I know who've run like, um, who've run like the table rock 50 K they've run the table rock 50 K in like six and a half, seven hours. And this 14 mile race takes them like five to six hours. So it's like, you know, it's ridiculous <laughs> hard when it's like, that's kind of like what you're seeing. And uh, so it's just really, that's definitely the most epic of, of all. I mean, you've got, there's fixed ropes and ladders to, to go over like boulders and cliffs and two uh, on that course. It doesn't get much more epic than that. Um, so if you're looking to sign up for that one though, that one sells out like that every year. Um, so make sure you subscribe to our website um, and follow us on Facebook and social media. We usually make an announcement uh, about two weeks before registration is open. We, we try to not like make a big build up before it because we know so many people are trying to get in. So it's just kind of gets snuck out there like, oh, in two weeks registration opens and it still sells out in an hour. So, um, but yeah, keep your, keep your eyes out for that. That's definitely the most epic. I mean, obviously Hellbender is the most epic, but I'm disqualifying that one since I don't technically own the race. Um, and just help out but yeah grand further for sure check it out yeah i feel like i made you choose between your seven children there so i apologize for <laughs> for that with the races oh, there I a third my favorite race that i put on <laughs> that i put on south mountains um that that's underrated that's definitely the most if there's the most underrated trail race in north carolina i would say south mountains is the most underrated uh it's in my mind, one of the prettiest races we put on. There's so many views out there um, and the trails are uh, a good mix of single track and like, they call them like troads in the park. They're, they're kind of like two track basically, you know, with like a grass lane in the middle, but they're like, they're still technical. Um, even those double track sections are, but it, it's just a pretty course. Um, and it, it's just, it's really nice. And it's in January. Um, and it's just i've only heard positive feedback on that race about the course and a lot of people like they weren't expecting like i wasn't expected to be that, that awesome i'm like yeah it's like amazing um and it, it's it's great and especially for the charlotte crowd i mean the charlotte crowd i mean that's like an hour from you like short drive so check it out yeah, I'm original nation. Just just run all of them. Just run all of them. Is open up for that one soon, actually, in a couple weeks. So there we go. Uh is there any sponsors or any plugs that we can uh you need to plug before we get out of here? Uh not none in my contract, but uh, <laughs> shout out unofficially. I do want to shout out to uh Camp Greer. Camp Greer um 
we have a, a long history together. Uh, they've been supporting Tonawa Adventures for a long time. And then Vertical Runner as well, which is a running shop in Black Mountain, North Carolina. They've been uh, a sponsor for us uh, since the beginning. It's probably the best running uh, best running shop in North Carolina, I think, especially if like trail shoes related and like best place to go. Um, and then obviously uh, our other longtime sponsor has been FitSock, who uh, provides us, they've been providing us with uh, socks for swag um, for our races for forever and everybody you know every time someone runs around the race it's like what sock are we getting you know like what sock and, i mean they're they're super comfortable they're you know i've had pairs that i've been wearing for you know three or four years that haven't blown out yet they're really really durable socks and they wick well they're, they're just great great company they're also local they're like 20 minutes from my house and it's all american made which is which is great um, and then obviously the breweries, we like to partner with a brewery for every race. Um, so Final Flora, you know, obviously supports the Final Flora marathon or 50K and half. Um, they also support the South Mountains race. Uh, Catawba Brewing has uh, uh, supported Table Rock in the past. Um, Acousta Brewing in Brevard has supported the uh, Looking Glass race. And I'm, I know I'm am I missing grand further oh, Appalachian mountain brewery has, has typically sponsored um, uh, grand further in the past and Pisca brewing in black mountain has sponsored seven sisters. So those are great breweries, all breweries, you know, when I'm in the grocery store, I'm always looking at their stuff to see what they've got. Um, they're all great classic breweries in North Carolina, Western North Carolina. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the live show. Uh, we're going to put all your information to the social media, uh, the website that you guys have, and all that information as well in the description of this video so people can easily access that and sign up for those awesome races. Uh, best of luck this weekend. We don't want to keep you too long here. Uh, Regeneration, we do have another live show tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern with Liz Anjo. She's the new FKT holder on the northbound section of the Appalachian Trail. So we're excited to talk to her. Uh, other than that, thank you so much again for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time rich in our nation ridge runner nation thank you again for tuning in to another ridge runners live show remember if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast on apple itunes while you're at it if you found value in this show we'd appreciate a rating on apple Podcasts, or simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out as well if you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava club so you can get mentioned in the Strava rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Rose Our Nation. Yeah.